Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your impartations and for your spirit. We thank you for your word, Lord, that it may become clear and that it will sit solid and weighty in our lives, that we will esteem it and stand upon it. Lord God, we thank you that you are giving us revelation and insight, that we can fight a good fight, that we can walk forward and do the things that you've called us to do. We thank you, Lord, for the purpose that you've designed for us, and Lord, Lord, we will walk into it with the victory that you've given us. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so I better read my introduction. It says, whether intrinsic, intrinsically, I can't even read my own writing. Anyway, intrinsic, <laughs> intrinsically ornate or as common as earthen pottery, the vessel is not as important as its contents. From a gem-encrusted amulet of water to a plastic Tupperware cup full of diamonds, the contents give the value to the vessel. It's what's inside that determines the value. So this is vessels of honor, vessels of honor, and we are going to understand our contents. From the living water to the fruit drink of the highest possible quality, the fruit of the Spirit, our value has been determined by the one taking residence in this temple of flesh. So let's take our eyes off the outside and look on the inside and see the precious cargo that we carry. And so, that's where we're going to go. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 states this. And, and once you get to Ephesians, you can just hang out there for a little bit. We're gonna, we're gonna, we got to go through some things here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. So we'll go back here a little bit now, and we're going to think about that cup. I was going to bring my coffee cup from this morning. We've got plenty of cups here. Um, cups are literally open-topped vessels made to contain or hold things. The beauty of a cup, so it's not like our coffee cups and everything that we all, you know, a lot of people are carrying around now. The beauty of a cup is they have an unrestricted opening at the top, kind of like a bowl or saucer. And with an unrestricted opening, it allows it to come in or to go out freely. There's no resistance. So as a vessel for God, we don't want any lids or anything in the way. We have an open top. We receive and fill up from heaven what the Lord has for us, and so we freely receive it, we freely give it. And, that, and that's simply put, that's what we are as a vessel. And so um, cups are vessels that are made to contain or dispense. They have an open top that does not restrict or resist either receiving or dispensing its contents. 
So, now, let's, we, we got to look at this a little bit and look what the vessel that me, we, you, I, however you want to say that, because I want you to take this personally and apply it. How did your vessel begin? Now, I'm not going to go all the way back to the very beginning. I'm not going to go back to Genesis, which I normally have an inclination of doing. So in this case, we're going to go back from Ephesians 2.10 to Ephesians 2.1. And we'll just start with something about this vessel that we are right now. This is what we are very familiar with in who and our identity and what we do. In Ephesians 2.1, we, this is amazing, you, got, you, me, all of us, we're actually under a triple curse. See, people are writing notes. That's a number that's pretty easy. It's one, two of three. Anyway, triple curse. And you're like, what? So let's read Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead in trespasses and sins. So death is a curse, right? And it's the curse of the wages of sin. Okay, so we have here our first curse, but the curse would be called trespasses and sins. Here's the beauty of this. This word trespasses actually in the Greek would mean blunder. Has anybody ever blundered? (laughs) Oh, yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I know that I will also do so again. Now, the word sins is a different word. And I think it's harmatia or something, like, I, I believe is what it is, something like that. And that word means known sin, intentionally committed. So this is both unintentional and intentional things. And because of those intentional and unintentional things, a curse was put upon us. A curse of death. And so we see, i got to make sure that I'm actually going through my notes right. Okay, for this we also know the penalty, which is death. This curse has been broken. The penalty has been paid. Nothing can be held to your account that has been placed under the blood of Jesus. Curse number one was trespasses and sins. Curse number two, we'll continue reading. Ephesians 2, verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So now that we realize, first of all, that we had a curse and we used to walk in that, but it says that we walk in the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air. So the prince of the power of the air means that you are now, this ain't just necessarily us, that was sin. Now we're underneath the regime, if you would, Who has authority on this earth? Satan. Okay, that very word air there, when it says prince of the power of the air, that is the word that you would get atmosphere from. It means the surface of the earth. He has been given, and like I said, I'm not going back to Genesis, but you can see how all these things would go back to Genesis. Um, He has, he is the reigning king of this place. So, due to this, we have... There's an organized system of government on the earth 
we are manipulated and led by the God of this world. And when you can only serve one master and you weren't serving God, you were serving Satan, you were cursed. The second curse is the organization or the organized government of the world as far as spiritually. This has been through the high treason of Adam handed over to Satan. And so, if not the Lord Almighty, who are you serving? Satan is the current king of the earth and his kingdom is a cursed thing to belong to. So, praise God for Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. For this curse too is broken. We are no longer taking residency in his kingdom. But that's the second curse is the place in which you would reside. The third curse, let's continue reading in Ephesians 2 verse 3. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and you were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> Ephesians 2 3 has two things wrote in here lusts of the flesh and desires of the flesh and the mind. Notice here, this is very interesting, that when it says that the desires are of the flesh and the mind, but we're a three-part man. Okay? In that, meaning, this is what it's saying. Your spirit was not in subjection to Satan unless it's possessed by Satan. You are influenced and you yield to your flesh and your mind, but your spirit can cry out and be remade in the blink of an eye by God. So, we see here that it, it, let me, I'm going to read how I got it wrote here. The spirit of man is not controlled unless actual demonic possession has taken place. It specifically states desires of the flesh and mind. But this curse, according to Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God that which is the good and acceptable and perfect. We find that our mind, that cursed mind, is not cursed. It's the mind of Christ. It can be renewed and washed and changed. That spirit that was on the inside of us is all new. And so the vessel that we had was a triple cursed, three times cursed vessel. That's what the cup was. That's what we were born into. We had the three curses. I wrote in here, it's funny, I was like, um, with these three curses, of course, I'd be miserable too. What a hopeless situation. 
You know, cursed is only the appropriate description of somebody in this place. It's, it is. It's a cursed world, and these are cursed people. And that's why the redemption that we have is so vital, so true, so real for us to reach out to. Okay, so the, the three curses, again, if, if you care to know, for a triple curse, the three curses are the curse of trespass and sin, penalty paid for us, the world system, but we relocated, moved, and changed our residence, and so no longer there, the unrenewed mind or the nature of the flesh, but I'm taking a bath, okay, folks? I mean, I'm going to wash this thing with the water of the word, and uh, it's not going to be the same. And so, that's just where it is. So, but these were not the designed intentions of the creator. They're the things that you most know. Our sin consciousness, our natural things, have allowed us to hold closer to those items of cursed things than they are to the blessings and the redemption of Christ. And so, but we're we're not going to focus on the cup. We're going to look inside the cup's been taken care of the cup is totally taken care of okay so we're going to go back to ephesians 2 10 because what's the designed intentions of our creator the designed intention of our creator would be this for we are his workmanship craftsmanship his handiwork oh i I, i'm actually going to do this real fast right here we are his poema. We are, that's where we get the word poem from. We are his beautiful design. It's his heartfelt expression, like a poem is wrote down to explain and tell a heart. You are the heart expression of God. That's what you are. You're his workmanship. You're his special creation. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we could walk in them. Let me slow it down a little bit more on Ephesians 2.10 here. You can keep that up, please. Okay. Let's go this way. We are his workmanship. He is the origin, author, and creator of us. Think about something that you, did you ever labor for, that you created, that you thought up, that you put forth. I don't care if it's from a play or a program to a vehicle or a whittling out something or designing a game. I don't know what you did, but you invested, you had a purpose. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap a rubber band around this stick and I'm going to put a rock in it. You know, because I saw it and it looked really fun. You know what I mean? Somebody else had it and I want it and I'm going to create my own and, you know, or whatever. People do things like that. And so he is the origin, the author, the creator. We are his workmanship. But now I like this. The next part of this says created in Christ. That's your place. That's the place of your origin, the place of your creation, the place actually of your authority. You had a design purpose from up on high from God, and now he has put forth, and this is the place in 
Christ. But not only in Christ, for a predestined purpose of existence. In, created in Christ for good works. You have a predestined purpose of existence. You're for good works. You are for good works. This vessel, if I, I mean, like, I, I almost should have brought that. I don't know, I probably passed on something I shouldn't have there. A cup has a purpose. Did you ever go get your cup to fill it up with like spaghetti? Or put a steak in your cup? I mean, it has a purpose. <laughs> it's just the truth. And this purpose will continue to grow here. We'll get there. For a predestined purpose of existence, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, last part of Ephesians 2.10, which God prepared beforehand. See, Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees and provides. He looked down. He prepared everything, your good works. See, he is a supplier. He's never a detriment. If you have lack, you did not have God. For my God supplies all. His grace is sufficient for me. Grace, all my need. I mean, all. I, 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 if I have lack, I am not looking at God. He's sufficient Sufficient, abundant, more than enough. So what finds the voice from us? If needs find a voice, we're not focused on the supply. Jehovah Jireh prepared beforehand and proved, and he had a successful destination. Because it says, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans for a future and a hope. He's laying these, he's established my foot on a firm foundation. He's a light unto my path. He's, he allows me to be sure-footed. I can, I can climb mountain heights and I can do things. I can walk on water if I need to because my God has gone before me and provided for me. And so, he has prepared beforehand so I could walk in them. So being designed by God, all we need to look into is our owner's manual. And there's a plenty of them around there. I don't know how many you got in your house. I mean, outside of regular owner's manuals, which, I, does anybody have that special drawer that they throw those things in? Hate that drawer. Oh my goodness, I just cleaned one out last week at my business, and I'm like, I don't own that air compressor no more. That nail gun's gone. Oh my God. And I, I mean, you own stuff long enough, you got to go through that drawer and clean it out. But the thing is, is I, the, I have so many of these owner's manuals laying around my house. I mean, I got them in every language. No, I'm just joking. ESV, KJV, NKJV, NASB, NLTE. You know what I mean? I mean, whatever, dar mouth, way mouth, my mouth, your mouth. I mean, it doesn't matter. We, I, got it in, I got it in some translations. 
and I got, but they're the owner's manual. We have to be in the owner's manual. Have you ever owned something? You've had it for a while. For me, <laughs> it's this. Anyway, um, I've had that for years. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> have you ever had somebody do that to you? They're in your car or something, and all of a sudden they, they reach over, and you're like, how'd you do that? You know what I mean? Or <laughs> somebody, somebody, I don't know, I mean... In, in one way, this is kind of funny, and I don't remember where I heard it, but somebody didn't know that their beaters would come out of their mixer. This wasn't in the church. And so they were washing this thing, you know, all the time with the, mic, with the beaters in the mixer. <clears throat> and they couldn't, they, it was hard. But this is the thing. Once you know how to remove those beaters, life gets easier, <laughs> you know? And so, <clears throat> um, but we... We just look into the owner's manual and go, oh, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know. You mean that's been there the whole time? It's been there the whole time. And so, uh, yeah, many Christians have no idea the features that God designed in them. We need to read the owner's manual. So if you haven't spent some time in your owner's manual today, listen up. Read your owner's manual. And so, we will begin. Intro's over. No, <laughs> Glory to God. Had to do that, though. We had to get into this. Because the Lord's going to have me refer to Ephesians 2.10 as my primary scripture as we go through this. But today, he's given me three points, and I'm not going to get to all three of these points. You're getting point one today, point two next week, point three the next week, because that's how it's going to have to go, and we're probably not even going to get through this. But glory to God. Ready, set, turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, and we'll begin this. We're going to talk about three power contents that sit inside our vessel called me, this dish called me. <clears throat> we got three power contents, or we got three infillings. We got things that are sitting in this, and I'm only going to give you one today. So we'll start in John chapter 7. John chapter 7, and I'm going to jump to verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast. This is great. Feast of Tabernacles. We've got to start right here. Feast of Tabernacles is what this feast is that we're talking about. The last great day of the feast. This, this feast at the end, um, the priest would typically take water. He'd take water and he'd pour it onto the, onto the, uh, onto the uh, sacrificial altar. And it would run down into the uh, funnels and everything. It's cleansing the altar. It's meaning that the sacrifice has been made. And you are clean. Okay? On the last day, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus, that great day of the feast. You remember getting free? Do you remember getting free? That great day, the last day of the feast, that great day when you got free. 
when you're not held down in bondage anymore. When those things don't get to triumph over you anymore. When you found Christ and he came in and you started to let go and you said, you know what, I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by my mistakes, my blunders, my sins. I'm not, I'm not held to the kingdom of this world anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm set free from these things and my mind is changed. I'm renewed. <clears throat> that great day, it's that last day, that great day, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He stands up here and says, If anyone is thirsty... Come to me and drink. We see three action words here. Verbs, English, right? Um, that Jesus speaks. The first one is thirsts. If anyone thirsts, the second one, let him come to me and drink thirst come drink this is the thing action is part of faith okay so the first thing you have to realize is that you're thirsty you're thirsty when you realize that there's a thirst, you have a belief that will start to move you towards something. Moving would be the word come. If you're, if you're coming to something, then you are in the course of action and you are moving towards the answer. You are moving towards the answer. And of course, drinking would be that final time when you actually received the wholeness of that. So all three of these things are parts of faith. Jesus cried out, your faith will satisfy you. That's what it's going to do. So, Come is the faith in action, already believing and moving towards the answer. Drinking is a result of this faith, just as being saved is a result of believing or having faith in God. If you believe, then the verbs are the actions of it. The three action verbs, of course, are thirsty, come and drink. And at the end of this faith journey is but one answer. And who is that? Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to, look, I, I got to go ahead. So he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, what was this? I got to stop right here for that. So he who believes in me. How many are believers here? You just qualified yourself for the end of this verse. 
out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What's in this dish called me? Rivers of living water. You are filled with abundant provision. How many rivers would fit in a cup? You're not gonna run out, okay? I wanna see somebody empty, I don't care if it's the Yellowstone, the Missouri, the Mississippi, empty a river by a cup. Just, you know, just go up and, you know, appeal to me and see how long it would take to take all the waters that have ran through a river with your cup and run it out. You have abundant rivers on the inside of you. So we have living water. Living water is residing inside of this, inside of us. Let's go, let me see, did I finish all that? Yep, I'll come back to one verse later. We're going to go over to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we'll slide just a little bit over. John chapter 4, verse number 7. Jesus is thirsty. He sits down and says, uh, uh, it, verse, nah, I can, well, it doesn't matter. Jesus, Jesus is thirsty. He sat down at a well, okay? Um, verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to you, said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So we see here, if you've taken that drink, you have within you again everlasting life. You're a vessel wholly filled. This filling, this right here that we're talking about today is living water. Living water. <clears throat> I gotta look at... <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so there's an interesting thing here. There is something that happened... Between he said, give me a drink, and she said, how is it that, uh, anyway, sorry, skip it down. If you knew the gift of God, this is Jesus, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she says, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. And then she does this, where then do you get that living water? 
in the spirit, she took her bucket and threw it into the well of Jesus and asked him, you know what? Because that word ask is a verb. So she took an action to a belief. She's like, she heard something. And she's dry. And she's thirsty. And this man just said something that just, just a, just a second. I, I got to get to something here. I mean, you're, you're telling me that there's, there's more. There's something more. And she, she tossed that into the well and see you're doing it right now you're doing it right now and this is what we do to ministers of the gospel and the people in front of you but realize that everywhere we go that you're salt so you know what you do you get around somebody and next thing they know they man man i'm thirsty what Man, a little salt, little light, you know, and you're sitting there and you're speaking to them and you're telling them things like, well, I just asked for a drink of water, but all of a sudden that person's, hmm, man, I'm, what is it? And you're just like, yeah, I know what, you want some of this. I mean, I, I got some living water for you today. And, and Jesus speaks to her. See, you guys draw from ministers. She drew from the master. She threw that bucket, or that, her, her bucket back into the well of Jesus and started to pull. She goes, where, where do you get this living, where then do you get that living water? And so we see that she did that. And then what did Jesus do? See, this is what Jesus, here's Jesus, I'm going to tell you Jesus. Jesus, he has this inside of him. I'll just, I'll just read you two verses. Jesus did you know Jesus was a man of the word? Studied the scriptures? He knew what was in that word. So he knew this. Jeremiah 17, 13 says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, who has forsaken you will be put to shame. Those who turn away on earth will be written down because they have forsaken the fountain of living water, even the Lord. And he knew that the Lord is a fountain of living water. His father was an pr- abundant provision for everything that he had need of. And then he also knew this. Um, uh, Jeremiah 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And Jesus knew that he held Water. He knew that out of his heart, an abundant provision of water was there. Living water. What is living water? See, this is the thing. Living water, in this case, is a salvation message. Salvation message. Living water solves every problem on the planet. There is nothing that can't walk up to living water because, so if, if we were going to go all the way into this thing, I would have to go to, and I can do this. I, I'll get you some quick verses here. Uh, I'm coming back to this. Don't, don't leave me. I believe, yes, don't leave me. Uh, I'm going to read you Revelation 7, 17. That's where I was supposed to be earlier, playing around. 7:17 says this. It says, for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them, the lamb 
who's in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. Hmm. You got a shepherd on the inside of you? Are there thirsty people around? Yeah. How about this? Let's go to, uh, well, you don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll get it again. Revelation 22, 1 says this, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. We hear these waters. Okay, uh, Ezekiel 47. I'll get this one too. Let me get this. Ezekiel 47. This is talking about the when, when he's walking out into the uh, water here, the healing waters. Then he brought me back by the temple, by the door of the temple, and there was water flowing under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For from the front of the water, from the front of the temple faced east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. And he walks him out into this, and it gets higher and higher, and he measures out a thousand, uh, I think, cubits each time. And, and it keeps getting taller and taller until it becomes a river that no one can cross. And then it says, I'm going to skip all the way down to, well, i got to catch two things. Verse 8, then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, do you know which sea this is? Does anybody know which sea that is? That is east. The Dead Sea. What's in the Dead Sea? Nothing, right? Okay, when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed, and it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. There will be a great multitude because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live where the river goes. Um, I'm going to skip on down to, man, there's so many things. Verse 12. Uh, along the bank of the river on this side, and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. See, this is about salvation. Salvation. You have living waters of salvation on the inside of you. And you freely received it. Every single person that walks up to you, you have a divine answer for. You don't need to answer their moment as Jesus, uh, back here in, in John 4, um, with the woman, he, 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 she asks him that question, and Jesus says to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman says, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, he turns to the inside of himself and looks at abundant waters and he hears the spirit of God and he says it to her, Go, call your husband and come here. What just happened? What just happened? He what? He said it. Prophesied to her. He spoke to her. 
and prophesied to her from the Spirit of God on the inside. What happens at this point? We went from drinking water to now she says, um, the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you, ha- you have well said, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one whom you have is not your husband, and that, and that you spoke truthfully. <clears throat> the woman now says this, Sir, I perceive that you are a... Okay, I'm going to jump back over to John 7. John 7, what happens if you touch the living water on the inside of you? John 7, verse 40 After he had stood up and said that, it says, Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, they said, Truly, this is the prophet. What? See, this is the thing about living water. Living water always gives you a future. Living water stops the death of your past. Living water tells you about tomorrow and doesn't hold you to your yesterday. Living water is what the cup holds within it. And so when you pour yourself out upon those people that you walk into and when you see them, when you're pouring out living water, you're removing their trespasses, their sins, their blunders. You're pulling them out of the kingdom of darkness and causing them to come into the kingdom of light. You're reaching into them and saying, you know what, your thinking is wrong here. There's a much more redeemed way to think you know that's what some people would call dumb or stupid and this way here has light and revelation come on to a wise choice choose wisdom choose light and that's what we do so as we walk up we realize that we have been filled with abundant gushing rivers of living water on the inside of us I got to tell you three or uh, four things real fast about living water, and then we close. So, if you're taking notes, know this about living water. Some revelations about living water. Number one, know that you are a gift to the world, and they need to open this present. You are a gift to the world. Jesus knew what he was to that woman at the well. He knew that he was a gift to her. He knew what he had on the inside. Number two, you got to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you won't be bold enough to make the statement. You won't be bold enough to tell them that you have something on the inside of you that you can give them to change their life. Not their moment. Don't worry about their moment. Worry about their life. So many people are after this microwave idea that, you know, well, I don't have any money right now and I need you to give me a meal. It's not about the meal. Give them life. Jesus gave the woman life. (coughs) Number three, know what you possess. Eternal living water. You possess eternal living water. A fourth revelation about living water. Know that you can always give it away and it is always the answer to every problem on the planet. So I'll say this. These are the rivers of water for salvation. These, this, these, I got these, this. I don't know what I wrote here. 
Water brings life. <laughs> this is a salvation or zoe of the Lord. These living waters have been poured forth into our bosoms. We can release this water without restriction. Crying out as Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come and drink. May the world come to express that you have prophesied in their lives as they stated in John 4 and in John 7, you're a prophet, but how about this? Revelation 19.10 says, for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And so let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that you are living water, that you have imparted and poured forth yourself into us. Father, that we may know that wherever this living water flows, healing goes. We thank you, Father, for words of healing in our mouths. We thank you that you filled us and empowered us and that we'll be able to go forth into this world and touch dark places and render hell worthless. We can raise it. Father, we thank you that we can call dead things back to life and that those people can see a change for you. We thank you, Father. We believe in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.